and welcome to Knobcat Games Dungeons of the Obelisk podcast. I'm your host, Joe Sleppy. I'm Executive Primes at Knobcat Games. And this podcast is our audio devlog where we get together every two weeks and we talk about the progress of our game, which is Dungeons of the Obelisk, a 2D turn-based dungeon-crawling loot-grinding adventure. And I'm joined today by our Animancer, Nike Deer. Hello. And it's just the two of us today. So um, we, we have a short list of things that we need to talk about, and then we'll, we'll see what we get into, I guess. Sounds good. So, so the first thing I, that we've been doing on every episode now is the server update. And I guess in case you haven't listened to a previous episode, the, the servers are the main thing that is holding us back right now. There's a lot of stuff to do for them. There's a lot of like server-based things that we're still working on. And once we get those in place, then then that's um, when we'll be able to open it up to testers on the Discord and, and get our like coming soon page posted on Steam. So right now, as of yesterday, when we're recording this, TJ actually sent a message and said that he has made some headway in the uh, servers and now he can get the player can actually connect to the server and stay connected for more than like a couple seconds, which is really good. Um, he said, I think he said it was three minutes he was on and then, then, then there's like a timer that like boots you off. So he just has to get into the code and like edit that timer and make it so that it, you know, doesn't kick you off and like while you're playing, <laughs> but it, it sounds like we're, we're really making some progress now. Yeah, that's that's exciting because I know we were like talking a little before the show about like just the server stuff and how that's been a lot of work, and so you know it can kind of can kind of look like like it's just gonna be like a, a big old long haul, but it's cool to see uh you know TJ's kind of getting some more of the uh, back end stuff set up and it's making progress, so that's a good place to be. Yeah, I think I think the lesson that I learned from this is. Um, you kind of have this like you have the front end which is the gameplay and and all that stuff and then the back end which is like the servers and and saving data and that kind of stuff and um you kind of always hear about like a front end specialist a back end specialist and then you know some people are like full stack where they do both and um when i was like hiring people man i got like hundreds of applications for like the front end and I got like, I don't know, six people when I tried to get the back end. And, you know, we got Josh and he got us started and everything before he had to uh, step back. And then, you know, TJ decided he would be able to take over and, and learn that, pro- like learn it. But it's it's always like talked about in a way that's like they're separate, but they're not. Like we should have had a, f- a back end guy I don't know. I don't know why I always do that. A back-end person from the start, and we should have had them working together, or you know, or I should have you know made TJ start doing back-end stuff earlier, because like I think that's the main lesson is like that they're not separate things, and you really need to like we should have started on the back-end stuff earlier. Uh, and and it kind of makes sense when you're like I mean you know this being like one of our first games. Uh, you're going to want to design, like, the player experience first and foremost, and that's, like, your kind of front-end gameplay stuff. But, like, kind of goes to show, like, how much of 
making that stuff work is handled by like backend stuff that you kind of just don't see most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like right now the game is like basically done as a single player game, but the problem is it has to run on the server so that people can't cheat and spawn in items and that kind of stuff, you know, that get it all running server side so they can't, you know, hack into that code that's on their computer. And, you know, for a single player game, if people did that, it wouldn't matter because there was no, you know, there, there's no leaderboards or anything in single player. But since we want it to be eventually have multiplayer aspects to it, like you can't have people hacking it. So you have to have the, the server side stuff. We have like this ambition for the game and, and stuff that we don't really need right now. But because we have like future plans for multiplayer stuff we have to get that stuff like the groundwork for that stuff started before we like launch so i don't know it's, it's just a lot of work <laughs> well and it's got me thinking too because like you know we've talked about like having uh you know having play testers potentially or like opening it up at some point and uh Something I think about in, in relation to that is like, well, what if we had, you know, say a demo or some kind of like single player, like vertical slice for people to like try out. But it kind of goes back to what you were saying about like wanting to, like having got TJ in on the, on the back end stuff sooner is like when you start to think about like, well, how would I make a single player bite for someone to play? You realize how much of it's built on the assumption of all these other systems. <laughs> yeah. And kind of makes it, like, hard to actually, I don't know, like, visualize as a single-player experience because it's just built with, like, other people in mind. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's... There's, like, a duality to it. Like, right now, it is single-player with some MMO aspects like a town and, and chat and a friends list. So you can't really do anything with other players in the game yet but we do want that stuff eventually so so like having it the groundwork laid for it is important you know i think it's the kind of game where you can play it single player and never add anybody to your friends list or chat with anyone ever and it's still fun and then if you do like doing that stuff then then it you know, there's a whole nother like world that's going to open up to it as a, as a multiplayer game. I'm pretty sure. But I mean, kind of my, my design, the reason I designed it that way is because like I play Diablo single player. Like I haven't had friends that play Diablo in like years. You know, when I started, me and my friends would play it at night and stuff. But like when they quit and I just continued playing it, like I don't want to just meet up with random people like screaming at me in the chat or something you know i i so i just like always play it single player so like i wanted our game to be able to be played like that too where you don't have to worry about other people but then you know sometimes that multiplayer stuff is fun too so yeah for sure i i definitely feel that because like even when i play mmos i'm usually kind of a loner <laughs> unless somebody like invited me to play then i'll stick with them but yeah I, I tried playing, uh, what was, what was it, League of Legends? That was, like, a big deal for a while. Oh, God. <laughs> and I, like, immediately, like, someone starts yelling at me, like, like, why aren't you on mid? Go mid. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what does this yeah. mean? And, like, 
<laughs> it didn't work out. League of Legends is like, I, I don't know, like you need to know what you're doing before you ever even start playing, which is like counterintuitive to playing a game, <laughs> you know? Like, it's so miserable jumping in there with other people and them expecting you to know what to do. And then even if you know what to do, then they do something different and they expect you to do something different. Yeah. And then it's still like they're mad at you. So it's it's like craziness. Now, I, I didn't stick with this very long. There was a uh, but there was a Pokemon MOBA a while back. Oh, yeah. And I tried it, and the biggest relief to me was like, oh, this game doesn't have voice chat. It doesn't have chat at all. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Just, for sure. But no, that said, like, kind of what you were saying about, like, your experience with Diablo, like, you started that out, like, every night with, like, a group of buddies, and, like, I like when games allow for that kind of play, where you can, like, team up with people. Like, some of the best memories I have of games has been, like, playing with buddies of mine. <laughs> but, yeah but definitely yeah our our game just so people know is going to be asynchronous multiplayer at least in the start like um it's gonna be single player to start and then once we get updated and we add the next game mode that's gonna allow you to play with people from your friends list it's gonna be asynchronous which means you're grabbing people from your friends list and you're controlling them in the dungeon. Ah, so yeah. so it's not like real-time multiplayer. But then eventually we'll probably add a game mode that has real-time multiplayer, but you know, the difficulty of that steps up even more. So, oh, yeah. so it's kind of, you know, it's it's like we've been saying, we're we're starting with the base model and then we're going to keep adding to it and, and adding more and more fun things and hopefully more people will keep playing it i'm really excited to see like when when more people get their hands on it for sure but like <laughs> uh, i assume it's it's probably going to start out more solo and then just kind of open up as it goes i feel like i've i've seen a couple of games that do kind of a similar asynchronous thing though where you can like kind of summon your friends as like npcs it like bars their build and their current like stats but like it's just otherwise like a computer character i guess usually yeah it's a really like popular thing like in mobile games and stuff too having that like asynchronous gameplay yeah i uh <laughs> i was gonna say i was playing a a certain mobile game not long ago um <laughs> And uh, actually, I was just playing some of BitQuest just to like check it out. And like, I immediately got a few people like, hey, add me to your party. And then it was like, I had like little NPCs on my dungeon run with me. It was interesting. All right, on. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, this isn't just that game, but like a lot of mobile games is like, they just throw so many menus at you as soon as you like boot in. I, I definitely appreciate that our game's a little more like calm about that like you're kind of just dropped in and allowed to like explore at your own pace in ours and i find that a lot less intimidating personally <laughs> yeah um it's part of the problem we've talked about this before on the podcast i think but it's part of the problem with the genre um yeah you know these games get more and more fun as you get more and more into like your build and and different menus and, and different things that you can do but uh, having them all available at the beginning is really tough and a lot of mobile games have too many like menus and things to start out at so yeah. so the way our game is 
you know, we have levels one through 10 and then you like Paragon or whatever, but 10's the, the max level right now. So the next major update will be like dungeon levels 11 through 20. And yeah. when we add those, we'll add like stuff that unlocks at level 20. So that way you can get in and you can play from one to 20 without having to worry about like, um, you know, whatever we're going to add at the time, you know, there'll be some kind of system, like whether it's, you know, gems or, you know, transmuting or whatever it ends up being called or, or what it is. But, you know, having those things unlock every 10 levels I think is going to make it a lot easier for people to like start playing and then realize the like kind of hidden depth that it has. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow kind of a businessy word, but it I, it sounds like it makes for a really good like onboarding period. Yeah, <laughs> you know where it's like you get people kind of acclimated to just the basic gist and the basic gameplay loop of the game before you're like, okay, you think that's cool? Here's all these other systems, like. The scariest thing to me when it's just like here's 90 systems and you have to learn them all at once <laughs> it's like no thanks <laughs> and and while we're on the topic like another thing about the way i've designed it is one thing about like diablo that is really weird to me is like um and i'm talking about diablo 3 specifically because i haven't played four yet and i never really played one or two so like in Diablo 3 I think level 70 was the max level and if I'm wrong then just pretend I'm right <laughs> so so level <laughs> 70 is the max and then you just gain paragon points after that well the game That's doesn't right. unlock and open up and become really fun until after level 70 oh, wow. and you can spend like 40 or 50 hours running around doing the story and if you and and I'm not saying the story is not fun, but but the real gameplay of Diablo three was, you know, end game stuff. So oh, like, sure. so with our game, I really wanted like end game stuff to open up sooner, which is basically what the breach is, you know, and that's where you can start like finding set items and stuff. So like, even when the game five or six years from now is like more complete and we have a hundred dungeon levels you're still unlocking a breach at level 10 and you can start doing like um quote unquote end game stuff like getting a build and and set items and stuff super early so i i think that's gonna be a fun aspect of it for people yeah for sure <laughs> i don't know i think the Paragon system's definitely interesting because you have that, like, base 10 and then you have some, but, like, as we're adding more, like, level caps, like, that end game's only going to get more and more, like, focused on, I'm sure. And, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of just drawing from, like, the last multiplayer MMO thing I played, <laughs> which was uh, a Destiny 2, I guess. But uh, I know in, in that game, like, it feels like after a while the main focus of it is just doing like raids with people and it does kind of have that like end game vibe there it also kind of does something similar to what you're talking about though where like you start out and you kind of don't have much context but you have just like a basic like tutorial set of missions to kind of get you like introduced and i liked i liked that but like as soon as the tutorial went away the game became like extremely overwhelming <laughs> and like <laughs> 
And I, I was gonna say, like, I think that speaks to it being a sequel and being, like, a decade of dev and not quite knowing how to consolidate that to, like, a small, like, you know, an accessible experience, so. It probably helps that we're not Destiny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I keep saying it, but that that is a downfall or, or downside of the genre of game. You know, having it be super simple doesn't keep the hardcore players you know yeah. they want to have that end game like lots of systems to tweak and stuff but like you have to get stepped into it i think well and i i like how that first the first like 10 levels kind of ramps you up to to the point where you're taking on like an end of dungeon boss and like i think that's a pretty good like pacing at least to be like okay here's kind of what the game's gonna be like it's gonna be like getting through like sets of floors grinding loot building your character and then fighting a big guy at the end i like that that's like emphasized pretty right off the bat i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure in in some games it feels like i don't even know what i'm doing until i've played it like 30 hours (laughs) and then it's like oh i'm I'm actually i have i have the game open in the back right background right now and uh we've got a glove boss who's just tanking everything i have so i'm definitely gonna have to build around that (laughs) like a blub oh blub yeah sorry yeah yeah the the gelatinous cube like every other attack is like blocked (laughs) i'm like oh okay (laughs) yeah and if you take too long they can raise their block chance as well oh no okay yeah i definitely gotta build around that then um (laughs) (laughs) But like, I, I I do like that kind of natural feedback where you can kind of hit a wall and then you can kind of just like jump right back out of it, like, and just start working on it right away. It's like, I'm already back at the town, like customizing my character at this point. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things for like a totally new player is definitely those major traits and like n- learning how to balance them. But like that is the gameplay like early on. So like... I still don't think it's like difficult enough that you have to like hold your hand to like learn what constitution and strength do, you know. Oh yeah. And like karma is like maybe the most confusing one, but it's still basically just your mana pool. So like when you see you don't have mana, like I don't know. Nah, yeah. Like I feel like having just like a small like hand, like what is it like four primary stats or whatever? Yeah, the four four major traits. That that makes it pretty easy to get into, I think. Cause like I I play from soft games and I love them, but like those games have like what like eight or nine different major stats you have to worry about, and then they have like little subtle stats that are explained less directly, like poise and stuff. Oh, <laughs> and really? <just> poise. <laughs> That's a specific one. There's this whole number that determines like if you get hit enough while blocking, does it knock you back and stagger you? <laughs> oh wow and like it's based on a calculation of that stat plus your like defense plus maybe your speed i think and like it you know it gets mathematical very quick and i'm not very good at math <laughs> so i'm just like uh big numbers better yeah i mean our game's gonna get that way eventually too when we can add some more things like uh I definitely want to get elemental damage added in. Oh, for sure. Sometime, you know, like this is still post-launch stuff, but um, I think it's 
fun for people to know like what we intend to have coming um, you know so there will be like elemental damage which is determined by your karma and then um, there will be like elemental defenses that you can get as minor traits and stuff so well the elements are going to be electric fire ice and necrotic so nice. so then we also like open up some like crowd control kind of type moves like um stun like your electric will have stun or paralyze and your ice will have freeze and your um fire will have burn and your necrotic will have like poison so there's some stuff that like will be in there eventually, but I still feel like it's all pretty like easy to understand stuff. Yeah, like I mean, I feel like where the combat is now is really good for like the first 10 dungeons, but like elemental stuff would definitely like add a lot of depth to it after the after that, I think. Yeah, plus you'll have to animate like fire and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> That'll be fun. I, I've been really enjoying doing, like, effects kind of animation lately. <laughs> yeah, like, hitting with, like, ice damage and it makes, like, ice crystals on the on the mob or whatever. That would be cool. <laughs> this would be... This would require probably way too much work, but, like, you hit the blob and then the cube just, like, freezes. <laughs> <laughs> ice, ice cube. Ice cube. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I think you could probably apply like a bluish filter to them and put like a honestly just like take the animation off make it blue <laughs> that would probably yeah. work yeah and like some ice that like maybe comes up out of the ground yeah like maybe like some, some like little spikes like or whatever spikes maybe some shimmering or something if you really want to get fancy but <laughs> yeah I, I definitely like the idea of elemental uh, types being added into it yeah, and there's already kind of like a little bit of like like the magic wand does physical damage <laughs> like that we have right now. So there's uh, yeah. a little bit of stuff that's kind of like out of place. Oh uh, yeah, like that'll probably change how like the wand works after a point and stuff. Yeah, I mean new wands will will be different, but I think the the sense. base wand will still just do physical damage. <laughs> I know that that makes sense. Like we're not going to go back and retcon like items, you know. I guess that's what I was wondering, yeah, because I was like, I could definitely see someone being like, oh, my weapon doesn't work the same way, but, like, if it's beginner gear, that wouldn't be the worst thing, but... I think it makes sense for, like, kind of a beginner, like, set of wands to be, like, physical-based, because, like, you're not much of a wizard at that point anyway, right? You might just have to whack him with a stick a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say something clever about Harry Potter, but I have not seen or read enough of that to make a good reference, so never mind. <laughs> and plus JK Rowling sucks. Yeah, plus like screw that lady. I don't I mean don't. Just <laughs> uh, don't like her. <laughs> I yeah. I I feel like I kinda dodged a bullet on that one just a little bit. By not liking Harry Potter. <laughs> well, well, well <laughs> yeah. mostly by having, like, really, like, helicopter parents when it comes to, like, witchcraft stuff. <laughs> like, I, I like witchcraft stuff nowadays. I think it's neat. But, like, they were all like, oh, Harry Potter's evil. And then years later, I was like, well, its author is evil. So, like, you were kind of right in the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> 
like they spared me a bunch of complicated feelings because I would probably be right there with everyone else being like, but my author is mean. How do I like these books still? And Which is super ironic because now your parents would probably agree with J.K. Rowling. I, exactly. I mean, for real. <laughs> They'd be like, you know, I don't know what she was talking about with that wizards, but she's making a lot of sense these days. And I'd just be like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I didn't like the wizard stuff, but she's spot on with the transphobia. <laughs> that's, yeah. I mean, okay, but, like, legitimately. And I, I won't make this the, like, the trans issue podcast, but... <laughs> I remember the first time my mom was like, oh, I listened to a podcast with a trans person on it, and it was really insightful. And I was like, or, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Who was it? And it was uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's like a major, she's like a major Republican. So it's just kind of like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's the trans person you listen to. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, like to think that our game is pretty, uh, <laughs> is pretty inoffensive in general is when it comes to like occult stuff but I'm sure I'm sure there's somebody who's gonna be like oh there's magic and like skeletons like undead stuff that's that's no good <laughs> yeah I mean a few things on that topic I guess like like definitely there's some um, dark energies happening around the obelisk so oh, yeah. if people don't like you know witchcraft and and things like that and and references to like false gods or whatever you know we've already established some of the weapons are are named after like gods like uh waywind's grace is the she's the god waywind is the god of the forests and stuff oh yeah um, i think it says that in the flavor text so yeah if you're worried about that kind of stuff you can you can just avoid the game i won't be hurt and if if you're offended by us having they them pronouns available for people you can also screw off yeah <laughs> i i will i will say like it I feel like any of those people probably shouldn't check out like the fancy genre in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not to be rude. Like it's like it's not that you're not welcome here. It's that you probably won't like Lore of the Rings if you don't like our game. Or you know, whatever, insert here fancy game. Cause I don't feel like we're making like a really soft game or anything, but we're not going out of our way to make it like particularly offensive or anything either. But so they'd have to go out of their way to get upset by it, I feel like. And yeah, I mean, we've gone out of our way a little bit. Like, um, th that's maybe the wrong term. Like, uh, we've definitely put a lot of effort into making the character creator as inclusive as possible. For sure. I think is the main the main point of this conversation like we want everybody to be represented we've we put a lot of work into um making a bunch of different hairstyles and and things and yeah the, like it's still a little bit limited but with the budget that we had i think we did a pretty good job of of making a pretty good character creator <laughs> and and i i don't know i i i find it's pretty cool because like I kind of just expect RPGs to have, like, guy or girl. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to be like, oh, you don't technically have to think that rigidly about it. It can just be, like, your character who's, like, non-binary or something. And I, like... And you can have, like, Goku hair if you want. Like, it's it's really whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or that, like, weird haircut where you just have a little bit on the top and some stuff sticking out of the sides. Yeah. That one's pretty great. <laughs> 
And and I I love I love just like having more options rather than less for sure. Yeah, and we can always add more down the road. So if you want more haircuts and and styles and stuff, um, spend money on our game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the bottom line of it. Um, you know, if you enjoy it and you play for free, that's great, and we appreciate you. But if you really really like the game and want to see it continue to grow. Put your money where your mouth is, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I I'm, I'm sitting here like, like buy the game so I can I can animate forever. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I have a lot of fun here, and our team needs money. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we want one of my ultimate goals is for the team to be able to be like, basically like increase your paychecks increase your hourly rate and get you things like being an actual employee with insurance and enough oh my money gosh. to make the game <laughs> like continue to grow that, that's like my ultimate goal so hopefully hopefully we make it well and and i mean for what it's worth like like i've <laughs> not to just pat each other on the back too much but i feel like like this is probably the most professional indie project i've been a part of and from starting from basically scratch i'd say you did a pretty good job on that front just like getting people together and getting organized it would be kind of a shame to see that just like go away forever so it'd be cool to see like this game get off the ground and like people continue to work on it and like develop yeah absolutely and with that i think we've hit our our time limit of you know how much podcast i want to edit oh yeah <laughs> um that's always the the cutoff here at about a half an hour so with that uh listener thank you so much for for making it to the end of this podcast and we really appreciate your interest in our game and and um, if you stuck around this long and you're not in our Discord, you got to go to knobcat.com, find the link to the Discord, join us there, ask us any questions you have and talk to us and, and find us on Instagram and Twitter. Those are both at Dungeons Obelisk. And I think that's everything. Um, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.